Hello, listeners and citizens of Broncos country. My name is Adan Diaz, and let me welcome you to episode 5 of Broncos Talk. In today's episode, we are going to be looking at some roster moves that the Broncos have made since the recording of this uh, episode. Uh, We'll also be talking about Juwan James and the wildfire that has come about his choice of sitting out for the 2020 NFL season. And we're also going to be looking at some NFL moves around the NFL, some headlines, I should say, to see how the season is starting to shape up now that the deadline for the opting out is over. And we kind of get an idea of uh, what training camp is going to look like, which, if I'm not mistaken, will be starting up for the Broncos on August 14th. Unless it has a... um, I always get confused about what is going on right now and then training camp and then they say training camp or or it heats up. I don't know. But the point is, is that uh, all the important people that are are Broncos, Drew Locke, the wide receivers, um, are most of our offensive line. And everybody that is anybody is ready and raring to go. Now, have you seen videos of them warming up and practicing? They look amazing. I can't tell you how excited I am to see Jerry Judy running out there and catching passes from our boy Drew Locke. Uh, Melvin Gordon and uh, Philip Lindsay have started to show uh, whole, what's hopefully to be some chemistry going. And it's just, it, it's good. It's really good just to say we are getting football. Now, let's just hope that this whole shit with COVID doesn't come and interfere like it's starting to with uh, the Major League Baseball where it's looking like, man, it's, it's, I mean, I'm a White Sox fan, diehard White Sox uh, fan, but it, it, I mean, we, there's still NBA and I'm not a diehard NBA watcher. I do watch it when it gets into the playoffs and the finals because then it gets, you know, more competitive and stuff, but <clears throat> Excuse me. If if the if Major League Baseball just ceases to like close down because they can't control the contaminations or whatever, I wouldn't be as disappointed. Even though I was really looking forward to the baseball season come uh, earlier back in March, but we lost a couple of key players that decided to opt out before uh, the season began in, in July. So it's not. Right now, my White Sox aren't playing to their full strength, but that's a different episode, and it's a whole different podcast, to be honest with you. (laughs) So, let's get to talking about today's issue, and the big issue that has been, I'm pretty sure, well, not to pardon the bad pun, but, you know, beat a dead horse, and that's about Jawan James. Now, I have been racking my brain about what I really, really think and what my, and I'm trying to separate my my personal opinion from my fan opinion. And what I mean by that is, I'm trying to play devil's advocate at the same time as I'm trying to, you know, hurt as a fan, so to speak. So I was before Juwan James even made his decision. I was really rooting for this guy. Because, as you all know, I, I honestly didn't even know who he was until uh, John Elway went and picked him off out of free agency in, uh, excuse me, in uh, 2019. So I did my research on him, and I was like, okay, well, you know, injury prone, and 
the the Dolphins were kind of just like, you know, hey, good luck. They weren't really mad that they were losing a key player. So I was just like, oh, I was praying. I said, please don't let this be another Menelik Watson or another Donald Stevenson who I blindly got behind Elway on. You know, I'm thinking, like, yeah, these guys are going to be great. And then they ended up being total busts. But it's, I was really rooting for it, especially when we all saw, it was like a, a, a scrimmage video of him and, and Drew Locke and a couple of guys doing uh, some non-NFL type practicing in a, in a field somewhere a couple months ago. So I was like, okay, you know, he's ready. He wants to play. And when I when I read about the uh, the opt out initiative that the NFL started, I was just like, please don't let any any guys from our old line uh, opt out. You know, if it was some like second or third stringer, you know, kind of like Kyle Peko, uh, you know, I, I can understand. I respect that where he was coming from, and you know, I already feel sorry for for Peko always having to be the one foot in, one foot out kind of guy over the last couple of years in the Denver Broncos organization. But this this thing with James, it's it, it's taking the heat off of Garrett Bowles because up until that point, Garrett Bowles was probably the most hated offensive lineman in Denver. I mean, it, 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 it was bad. It was bad. So it was kind of like... Everybody hates me, and then Jawan James just say, "Hey, hold my beer." <laughs> just think of it like that, because that's the situation that we're looking at. So, what I think is, well, a part of me thinks that maybe, just maybe, this whole opting out thing. I mean, obviously, it's not about money because he's he would have made a lot more money if he played versus him sitting out. Him sitting out, I think he only gets like a hundred something just over a hundred thousand and three hundred thousand if he has a, a an autoimmune disease condition or something like that so it's not about the money but i think that maybe just maybe he hasn't really a hundred percent completely healed off of his knee injury and maybe he was afraid of him having a repeat season of 2019 where he goes out in week one and he plays a couple snaps and then he's out because he injured himself and then he sits out for another two months then he comes back in plays a couple snaps and it's not healthy again and then he ends up going on IR or something so that's my personal opinion I mean I could be wrong he's had more than enough time to maybe not be 100%, but close to it since uh, the season ended for Denver back in January up until this point. So that's one, that's probably my main idea behind on why he decided to sit out. And I'm pretty sure he didn't, maybe he didn't really anticipate all the heat he got from, from Broncos country, but he's got to realize that, you know, I don't know how things are down in Miami and how loyal and dedicated the, the fans down there are, but when when you come to play for this team, whether you're a high-paid player like him or, or Von Miller or, or one of the most beloved, or whether you're just a low-key player in the second or third string, when you come into Broncos country, the Broncos country will respect you no more than the guy before you, you know, unless you're John Elway. To me, John Elway, he's on a own level of his own. That's a whole different respect. But 
So that's why I'm not surprised that Broncos country in, 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 entire, in its entirety is feeling so pissed off. And I know I've read comments from people saying, you know, he's, he's been a giant waste of money and, you know, maybe they can cut him next season and, and all these things. But it's, 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 I mean, it's, it sucks. I mean, let me tell you, it, it just sucks. And the reason I say that it sucks is to go back a little bit further to the draft. If I was sitting there thinking that John Elway is going to go pick up uh, an offensive lineman. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, he's, he's going to pick him up. We need an offensive lineman. Like, yeah, we have um, yeah, we have James coming back. And yeah, we have Reisner. And yeah, we got Glasgow. And, you know, Cushenberry, uh, well, Cushenberry wasn't, wasn't picked yet. But I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, he's either going to pick a center to replace, uh, uh, damn, I forgot his name, uh, Connor, and, or he's going to pick um, a, a guard or, or a right tackle or something, you know, just in case this whole thing with, with James uh, fizzles out or he gets hurt again or as a backup or, or something. I just thought offensive lineman, you know, and when uh, Tampa Bay picked up... Uh, I, I forget his name. Uh, the offensive lineman from uh, Iowa, it was kind of like, uh, like, I, I, like I threw my hands in the air. I was like, fuck, you know, that's the guy that we, that we wanted, you know, that's the guy that we, and I'm, I'm, I'm clicking on my computer. So I do apologize if you hear it. But I need to know. I can't think of his name, and it, it's gonna be like so obvious. And it's the guy that they picked before uh, Jerry Judy. And the winner is Tristan Wirfs. There we go, <laughs> Tristan Wirfs, the tackle. Now he was the one that I was kind of hoping uh, <clears throat> Denver, and I actually apologize, he was the 13th pick. I forgot San Francisco jumped up to get uh, J- Javon Kinlaw. So he was the guy that I was hoping uh, Denver could get because I figured, you know, you go out and get a guy like Tristan Wirfs who was highly rated and talked about going into the uh, the combine. And then you can move guys around, you know, should uh, – Jawan James, you know, come to come to injury again, or, or you know, or Garrett Bowles goes out and plays like shit again. You know, then you can move the chess pieces around. But never in my wildest dreams did I think that did I ever think that Jawan James would opt would decide to opt out and and not play uh, the the season. So it it sucks. It really does. Uh, I know he went out and he put out a, a, a presser for the Broncos and the NFL in general, you know, saying uh, he's thinking about he just recently had a, a child and he's thinking about his family. And that's all that's all great and, and stuff, you know, that he's mindful of that. At least I hope he is. But there is no way I, 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 I'm, I'm putting this out there. There is no way that that man did not think that this choice was not going to come down with some heat and... I'm I'm pretty sure that that maybe John Elway or anybody in the up in the in the main office, the big honchos up there, I'm pretty sure they weren't happy about it because now it's all a scramble. 
now they're trying to see if they can uh, get somebody else from, you know, pick up a free agent or something. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's a lot more work for Mike Munchak. You know, Elijah Wilkinson, I know he played most of the season because Jawan James was injured and he was, he wasn't the best, but he wasn't the worst. I mean, there were, there's a couple highlights I've seen where he just got absolutely beat, but for the most part, he went out there and, you know, he did what he was paid to do. And as a backup, hey, I, I give him, I give him credit for that. But now he's not going in as the backup unless the Broncos do something about either shuffling around or they get some, uh, um, uh, a veteran off of free agency, somebody like Jared Bell here maybe or uh, I'm not really familiar with my right tackles from free agency but unless they go out and get like a veteran or something it's just he's going in as a starter so when you're going in as as a starter it's a whole you kind of have a different mentality than as you are as a backup you know as a starter the the expectations of you are they're higher you know, so they expect more out of you. So all the the flags that he may have gotten last year, all the the misses and 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 everything that he did last year, that was you know that was like oh shit I fucked that up or I could have done better. He needs to. We need that improvement to show now because we're not playing the the quarterback carousel this year anymore. So we don't have to worry about who's starting with Joe Flacco or Brandon Allen uh, because Flacco went off to the Jets and. Um, Brandon Allen landed uh, behind uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. So those two guys, they they found their way. They picked their path. They they're good. And now we are left with Drew Locke. Now if Drew Locke gets hurt, that's 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 our season. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I I I don't have I don't have a giant amount of faith in uh, Jeff Driscoll. I uh, I saw what he did for coming in for Matt Stafford last year, and he had a couple of flashes, but it wasn't anything like, "Hey, I'm gonna put this team on my back and you know carry him, uh, carry them to uh, like a wild card or even the Super Bowl." Because <laughs> I mean, and he played in the tough division. I mean, he had to play the the really tough Bears and uh, the Packers and even the Vikings. So at least I think he played those teams. I'm not completely sure. I know he played the Bears because uh, that was uh, I think he played a Thanksgiving game for them. So that's pretty much how I feel about Juwan James. Actually, let me go one more step further because I, maybe I didn't clarify myself about talking about my two ideas. And I th- I personally personally feel well. Actually, I I did talk about it. Okay, because uh, I'm sorry, I'm backtracking. I did talk about what I why I think he sat out, but it it just uh, it just sucks. <laughs> I can't find any other way to say it any better than that. It just it just sucks, you know. Because now we had all these pieces coming together. You know, we had a slight advantage over Kansas City because they they don't have one of their main offensive linemen coming back who also opted out. Uh, but at least he opted out for a great reason. You know, he's staying on the front lines uh, battling uh, uh, COVID-19. So I, I can't hate that man for that. You know, I respect that totally. And I wish him the best of luck. And I hope he gets to come back and play for the Chiefs uh, 
in 2021 if he decides to you know who knows but it just we we needed that that leg up you know and now that we have to worry about right tackle and now everything gets sent back to the drawing board in in terms of offensive line and you know and how Pat Shermer is gonna run like bootlegs or play action or whatever because now Drew Locke is gonna have to worry about can the right side you know handle the block and handle the, the, the the pass rush so I I think that that they're up to it it's kind of like I wouldn't say last minute but whatever the plans the Broncos had after the NFL draft up to that point literally just got thrown out the window because of one man's choice. So I I just think I just hope that Ju- Juwan James actually realizes the impact that his choice has on this football team. Now, I know that a lot of people, especially who was it that I, I read uh, yesterday, uh, Trayvon White who a lot of people uh, from Buffalo, uh, Ch- was it Trayvon or Tredavious? I'm sorry if I misspelled his name. Tredavious White, I think his name is. When he was thinking about sitting out and, you know, all the Bills fans kind of just jumped on him and he went out and he put out a statement saying that, you know, football is not bigger than, than life or, or God or something like that. But basically saying that, you know, your football is great and everything, but it's not more important than one's own own health. And I agree. You know, as a as a diehard football fan, and I love it and everything, and I, I'm thankful that um, these guys are going out there and you know putting their their health on, at risk uh, to try to entertain everybody, all the NFL football fans of the world. But at the same time, I would have felt better if if Juwan James actually had an autoimmune deficiency disease. You know, like if he had. Uh, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say asthma, but you know, Von Miller has asthma. And Von already had COVID. And he went through the two weeks and he came back and he almost sat out to play. Sat out of playing. But he luckily he made the right choice and he decided to come back. And same thing with Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson, I don't know about his own personal health, but I know he had also COVID and he beat it. So I just think that he let down not just his own team, even though his team supported him in his decision and everything, but on the other side of that, it's just, it's it's a huge letdown, you know, and for, for Jawan James, it's going to suck even more because he's going to lose a year of his life, you know, this is a year of his life he's not going to get back, you know, never mind the money and the contract and, you know, if he gets cut playing with another team and everything, but that's just... That's just how it is, and I, I I don't know if I can put it any 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 clearer than that in terms of my my opinion. Um, but hopefully he, like I said, hopefully he, he stays healthy, he stays fine. Hopefully Denver can find a way to work around uh, his absence and get this team on the radar again. You know you and. That way, when 2021 comes around and we start getting around to addressing maybe the defense and, and whatnot, and just have, excuse me, have the heat taken out of, or out of, off of uh, Juwan James's name, because right now it's, it's, it's a miracle that people in Denver aren't burning his jersey. <laughs> Let's be honest, because it, it, it was, 
uh, I mean, you could light that fire with just breathing on it with a match or something. And it's been what a couple of days since the announcement, and it doesn't it doesn't seem to be dying down anytime soon. And I'm pretty sure Broncos country, God forbid, God forbid that Drew Lock goes down with an injury and it be, and it happens on the right side, and then because then fans are just gonna let that man just have it <laughs> on social media. So um, that's my take on on Juwan James. Now, as far as um, other Broncos news, um, we do have a couple of uh, training camp. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I, I got a message on my thing. Um, we do have some some good news. No, no lingering issues uh, or injuries with anybody so far, as of the terms of this uh, recording. Everybody reported for camp. Uh, everybody tested negative for COVID-19. And the other big worry that we had uh, going into training camp was uh, Bryce Callahan. Everybody was wondering how he was going to come back or how he was going to fur. And I, I know I've said this a couple of times, maybe in previous podcasts, but you know, if it was up to me, I, I'd wrap that guy in, in bubble wrap and just leave him like that till the, uh, the start of the season. Because <laughs> he's... Um, He's one of the guys that we need, you know, in, on, on the field. Because if this Denver defense is going to be as dangerous as they've been looking on paper, then, you know, we need to take what's on paper and put it out on the field just to show people like, hey, this team means business. And it sucks that we lost Chris Harris Jr. It sucks even more that he went to a rival AFC West team. So th- those are going to be some big shoes to fill for Callahan and um, and AJ Bouye, and I I think those guys can do it, I honestly do, and the reason I say it's big shoes is because when Chris Harris Jr. came in, he basically came in into the league into Denver replacing the Hall of Famer known as Chad Bailey, and Chad Bailey in his final season in Denver, which I believe was 2012, he was he he, he was he was starting to. Run, run out of gas. He, he was injured, and and some plays that you, you, if you go back and watch it, he just he couldn't keep up with the with the younger guys. And you know, God bless him. That man gave it his all, and he he earned his his gold jacket and his spot in Canton. So, uh, congrats. Uh, well, thanks to uh, to Champ Bailey for all the good years he spent in Denver, coming from the the Redskins, or formerly known as the Redskins of all teams. So, uh, from what I saw, it looks like Bryce Callahan lost some weight coming into training camp, and that was starting to be maybe a concern. Uh, I don't know if it was for the coaches, but I read an article that his weight was a concern. Uh, so I think that I, I think he'll be fine, even if he is underweight for uh, that position. Uh, working with guys like uh, Vic Fangio and and uh, Ed Ed Donatel who already know what he can do, you know, since they all came from uh, the Bears, I think he'll be fine. And this man never touched the field last year in terms of preseason or the regular season. So if anybody on that defense should be hungry to come in and show what the fuck they can do, it's that guy. (laughs) Okay? Because Bryce Callahan was my number two on... 
and number one was obviously Juwan James on coming in and showing not just Denver and not just Broncos country, but showing the whole NFL, you know, why it is that they earned the money that they got paid. And so far with Juwan James, he's already a bust. And it's, I mean, it's looking that way. And it's even worse when you got people in Miami already laughing at us because he's not even, he's not even playing this season. And Denver's shelling out a shit ton of money to uh, on that contract uh, to pay him. So even though he's not getting any of that money this year because he's not playing, he's still under contract for I think two more years uh, after 2020. So, uh, but other than that. From the highlights I saw, it's it's beautiful watching uh, Jerry Judy and, and Drew Locke running, uh, practicing plays and running and watching uh, all the crazy footwork that Jerry Judy can do. Uh, KJ Hamler, his speed, it's a lot it's a lot better than his uh, college highlights. It, it really does. And I wouldn't be surprised if Denver decides to move him as a, as a punt returner or you know, any time... Uh, uh, the ball returner for, for special teams, put it that way, because uh, I know we have uh, Deontay Spencer, and Deontay Spencer has shown flashes, but he hasn't really given us that uh, Trent Holiday-like speed, you know, and if you remember Trent Holiday from earlier in the the, the, the 2010s, when that man grabbed, got the ball, he was just gone. I mean, that man had Tyreek Hill-type speed to just fucking go, you know. And ever since we lost Holiday, we haven't been able to replicate or find anybody close to that type of dangerous punt returner where it makes the the opposing uh, special uh, kicker just decide to kick the ball out of bounds or not kick it anywhere near where uh, our guy can grab it and run. So hopefully uh, KJ Hamler can find his spot, a definite spot in his offense. Uh, I know he's probably going to end up number three as the third rain receiver. There might be a battle between him and, uh, and, uh, I can't even think of his name, (laughs) but I think that he, I think that Hamler will, will win it. I honestly do. And, and the reason I say that is because he looks like. I mean, unless he goes out and he just, I can't, I was going to say messes up on the preseason, but we're not even getting a preseason. So it's, unless he goes out there and, and messes it up or he gets hurt, you know, heaven forbid that happens, but it's, it's, he, he should be fine. Uh, but other than that, uh, what else are we looking at? Uh, Ooh. Jarrell Casey in a Broncos uniform. Beauty. I was watching the highlights from the Titans and Ravens uh, playoff game. I don't know why. It uh, And just watching Casey just bulldoze through that uh, Ravens offensive line and just sack uh, 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 the quarterback, uh, Lamar Jackson was a, a sight of beauty. I think he, and in, in, I think in one of those sacks, he even got a strip sack. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, so it, it's good to know that uh, that Jarrell Casey is a Bronco, and the fact that we only got him for a seventh round pick because Tennessee didn't want to pick up his his uh, his contract and shell out a lot shell out a lot of money for him, just icing on the cake. It's beautiful. 
and we are gonna uh, now circle around the Broncos locker room in terms of news and see what else has happened uh, within the last week. Uh, Broncos released uh, tight end Jeff Jeff Hireman. I know that made a, a lot of Broncos fans happy. Uh, Jeff Hireman coming in. I think he came in in 2015. If I'm not mistaken, spent five years with the with the Broncos, and he even got a ring from Super Bowl 50. If I'm not mistaken, so he um, to me he really wasn't a, a huge loss. I mean, the tight end room in Denver is is pretty crowded now, and I'm pretty sure he saw the writing on the wall. And other guys like Fulmagali and and Jake Butt, they I'm pretty sure they're on the chopping block, and they should be because. Uh, they really haven't had a chance to go out there and prove that they were worth the draft pick. You know, Fumagalli, I know he was injured at the, his rookie season. Uh, I'm not sure how he, his standing is now. But Jake Butt, he's been injured almost every time. And it's it's getting to a point where if it happens again this season, or even if it doesn't, and his his numbers don't improve, that Denver's just gonna cut their losses and not not bring him back. And same thing with with Fumagalli. Uh, Fumagalli, I don't think uh, turned out to be as big as they thought. Although I will say, I forgot what version of Madden it was when I was playing. When I had Fumagalli on my team, that man was great at play actions. I can't tell you how many play actions in the end zone I was able to just throw it at him, and he caught the ball almost every time. Even when he had to go up in the air. So, I'm mad in Fumagalli. He's actually decent. He's really good. Especially when you play franchise like I do and you level him up. But, unfortunately, that doesn't translate into uh, the actual real world. And I'm actually hoping that if I had to choose to, you know, keep one and cut one, I would probably keep Fumagalli. Because at least Fumagalli can offer you some type of uh, backup insurance. You know, with, with Jake Butt, Jake Butt, his injury history is just, it's too big to ignore. You know, and I, I don't know if I can really just have him as a backup knowing that if if, uh, if our number one goes down, how can I make sure that Jake Butt can, you know, hold the reins until uh, they get a replacement or, or they figure out what, what to do with the tight ends. So that's that's what I think about that. And as we look around, uh, some of these things, uh, some of these headlines, I believe I may have talked about before, uh, about Andrew Beck. I don't know if I talked about Andrew Beck before. He, uh, he got placed on the COVID-19 list. So basically he doesn't, it, it, and then when you're on that list, it doesn't say if you have COVID it, I'm pretty, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, they can't by contract rule or whatever say whether a player has it's just if you come into contact with somebody that had covid you get put on that list and then you have to quarantine for two weeks to just to be on the safe side that you don't come in and you don't give it to uh any of your teammates so at least uh they're the broncos are playing it really really well in terms of uh battling covid and by the way i don't know if i mentioned this before but you know, shout out to uh, the Bolin family 
for going out and spending a shit ton of money i would imagine to revamp the entire all of dove valley and making all the awesome changes that they made for testing and 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 just trying to stay one step ahead of this entire COVID 19 bullshit so you know kudos to them i from the videos that i saw it, it looks great trying to keep the players safe and healthy and i honestly thought that if for the sake of argument that you know <laughs> that the bowling family could use that as as an eye as a as leverage to show all the players like hey look this is what we're doing to keep you guys safe so hopefully you take that into consideration if you decide to opt out and not play and it i it it may have worked for everybody except <laughs> you guessed it our friend juan james so but to me if if i was a if i was a player in the nfl for denver and i saw some shit like that i'd be like hey i i feel safe here i honestly do and i hope it's like that in for the other 31 teams around the nfl uh come the start of the season so let's actually go on and look around some of the news around the nfl and because there's some interesting stuff that's happened that's not uh, Broncos related. And uh, as of before I started recording this podcast, uh, breaking news, uh, Washington football team, <laughs> that's just weird to say, they released a running back Darius Geis following a domestic violence arrest. So it, it must be pretty serious where Washington didn't waste any time uh, cutting Geis. And Geis has been one of those up and down players who he had a really great preseason, what was it, two years ago? And then he tore his ACL, I believe, and he was out. And then he came back in last year and he was in and out with uh, knee injuries. So now it's going to be interesting to see who Washington gets to play behind uh, Adrian Peterson. Because, you know, AP is no spring chicken. So you need somebody that's uh, young and, you know, hungry to play. And I was going to say they have Cabri Bibbs, uh, former Broncos running back, but because of that whole shit that happened with Washington, I don't even I don't even know if he's still on that damn <laughs> football team or if they cut him and didn't say anything. So uh, be on the lookout for uh, Washington picking up a free agent running back uh, in, off the market. If I'm not mistaken, if I had to guess... Uh, I saw a funny article about, uh, what was his name, uh, Jeremy Hill, former running back for uh, the, the the Bengals, who got picked up by the Raiders, I think it was this past week, and he was all happy, and then like two, three days later, the Raiders cut him, and he was like, oh, well, shit, that was quick, you know, <laughs> that was funny, and so I would probably say that maybe Washington goes and picks up uh, Jeremy Hill and puts him behind uh, AP. To run that backfield in Washington. Although it will be interesting to see who takes uh, the quarterback spot. If it's going to be Haskins or if it's going to be, you know, the miraculous return of one Alex Smith. uh, Who got cleared to play. So it'll be interesting to see who takes the reins there. Uh, Let's see. The Saints added a linebacker. They signed free agent Nigel Bradham. Formerly of the Eagles. I don't remember that name. Uh, not not to diss the Eagles or anything, but I, I just don't remember that name. 
Uh, but he's, he's 30 years old. He agreed to a deal with the Saints. Uh, doesn't say what for how much or anything, but the Saints, they, they have their hands full with, or they're going to have their hands full with uh, Tom Brady and, and that big offense in Tampa Bay who's supposed to go out there and light it up. Um, you know what? I, I'm just going to go out there and put it on the record. I, I saw the video by Colin Cowher. I don't even know how to say his last name. Coward, Coward, who just literally is drooling all over the the fucking Buccaneers and, you know, saying they basically, he basically said in his own words that the Bucks might not win the division, but they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And the NFC being as, as tight as it is and pretty hard to win in the playoffs when you have teams like San Francisco and and the Packers and the Saints and what have you, I I don't think it's going to be that easy. I honestly don't. And it's, I just think that eventually, eventually, Father Time is going to catch up to Tom Brady. And not just like Father Time, but Tom Brady coming into a whole new, new offensive scheme. And yeah, he's got weapons now that he didn't have when he was in New England. You know, he's got Gronk, he's got O.J. Howard, he's got Mike Evans, he's got Chris Godwin. And those are all nice toys and everything, but that's, at the same time, that's too many mouths to feed. And that offensive line, I mean, they, they made a huge upgrade getting Tristan Wirfs off of, uh, off, out of the draft. So, unless Tom Brady still, got, still has the arm durability, not strength, because I... I'm pretty sure you can still throw the ball down the field, which is great and everything. But it's like, how many times can he do it? You know? And to be honest with you, the Bucks don't really have a strong running back game. So while they have really good wide receivers and really good tight ends, they don't really have that power running back that can uh, be that guy to kind of give Tom Brady a break here and there in between uh, passing plays. So... I just think that I just think that the Bucks are way, 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 way overhyped. And it's just because it's Tom Brady. If Tom Brady doesn't go to Tampa and he decided to stay in New England, or if Tom Brady went to another team, it'd be the same thing wherever he goes. It's just because it's it's because Tom Brady. You know. I'm not saying the Bucks are gonna be a shit team. I think that they that they'll probably make the playoffs. But I don't see them winning the division, and I sure as hell don't see them in the Super Bowl because they're they're while they really while they might have a good offense on paper, their defense aside from Shaquille Barrett, who's playing some really great fucking football down there, led the sacks in the in the league last year. Aside from Shaquille Barrett, they really don't have a really great defense. And I know Todd Todd Bowles is down there, and he he's the defensive coordinator, and he plays better as a defensive coordinator than he did a head coach, which is true. But even at that, I don't really think the Tampa Bay has the defensive weapons to compete, especially when you're in a division with, with Drew Brees. The Panthers, uh, it's, we, we have yet to see what Teddy Bridgewater can bring to that Panthers offense. And since they did some moving around in their, uh, in their coaching staff, and I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he used the whole fucking team. So if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and he goes down, that's, that's pretty much the whole fucking season for the Panthers. Let's just be honest with, let's just be honest here. And I mean, the Falcons, 
Matt Ryan pissed me off last year because every time I picked Matt Ryan to lose, he won. And every time I picked Matt Ryan to win, he lost. So I could never get it right because the Falcons were just that surprise team where they won games they should have lost and they lost games they should have won. So, but hey, who knows? Atlanta could be that sleeper team if they can get their shit together and they can avoid injuring key players, which is usually what's been happening to Atlanta the last couple of years. And I mean, aside from their their Super Bowl trip uh, in Super Bowl 49, they uh, they got was it 49 or 51? I, I forget which one. No, it was, it was it was 51. So aside from their their last Super Bowl trip, it's I mean that that division could be up in the air. So let's move on. Let's look around. What else is going on in the NFL? Uh, the Giants cornerback. DeAndre Baker, charged with four counts of armed robbery. I actually had to Google this guy because I didn't really know who the hell DeAndre Baker was at first. So right now he's looking at about 10 years in prison if he's convicted. And uh, the other cornerback that was with him, uh, Quentin Dunbar, was not charged because there wasn't enough evidence, there was insufficient evidence to charge him. So he got off the hook. But Baker, on the other hand, he, I mean, his, obviously his career is done in the NFL, but uh, don't be surprised if he finds a way to beat it and he makes this miraculous comeback and, you know, people hate him because he's got a criminal record. Um, let's see, what else do we got? Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton, I saw a picture of him in a Patriots jersey and it just, it looks weird. I kind of got like that weird feeling when I saw Tom Brady in an actual, not like a uh, Photoshop Bucks picture that like has been going around since uh, free agency started, but it's it's just weird to see Cam Newton in uh, a Patriots jersey. And my honest opinion about New England, I mean, New England is, they're in some deep shit. Because they lost, I think they're the only team that lost the most amount of players uh, that decided to opt out of the season. So it's going to be up to Belichick to literally just take a bunch of random, maybe nobodies or whatever, and try to prove that he can run a football team without Tom Brady. And I don't think that Cam Newton is the right answer, but Cam Newton is the best answer for them. In terms of trying to make Bill, try to make Bill Belichick good, because uh, I don't know that much about Statham, or I believe that's his name, the other guy. But then who knows? Maybe Cam Newton is the backup quarterback. Maybe he loses out the quarterback and job to Statham, because we don't have a preseason. We won't really know for sure until it comes down to the wire, probably. But I don't think either one of those guys are are the are the answer because they have really big shoes to fill. As much as I don't like Tom Brady and hate that he had hate the fact that he has six fucking Super Bowls or whatever, but the guy put in his work for over 20 years, I want to say over 20 years, with New England. So those are really big shoes to fill for either one of those guys. And as much as they're not going to like it, they're going to be judged by whoever decides to start every time they fumble, every time they get picked, every time they get, uh, I want to say sacked, but you know, Tom Brady got sacked a bunch of times in New England as well. So they're, they're just going to be held to that standard. And for Cam, I, I, I think that Cam is starting to reach it. I wouldn't say 
like the end of his career, but he's way past his peak. I believe his peak was at the most 2016. Because after that, he just he just kept getting hit and hit and hit and hit, and it's it's just not it's not there for him. I, I and, and what I mean by that is I don't think that he's gonna come in and give us 2015 like uh, MVP Cam Newton. I I don't think we'll ever see that Cam Newton again. Doesn't matter what team he goes to, but that's just that's just how I, I think it is, and. As long as Belichick is a head coach there, they'll probably just keep throwing a lure into what is the NFL draft and hope to get a lucky again picking another uh, future Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, there are there have been rumors that maybe the Patriots are gonna you know tank the season so they can get a higher higher pick in next year's draft, but that's I don't think anybody really believes that because that's not really what Bill Belichick does, you know. Bill Belichick is really good at his job, as much as we don't want to admit it or say it. And as long as he's a head coach in in New England, I wouldn't say they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to struggle this year, especially trying to keep uh, up-and-coming teams like the Bills and maybe even the the Dolphins out of uh, winning the the division. Jets, the Jets are are so shot to shit. It's... (laughs) I, I I think they'll be lucky. I think they're going to have a season like Miami. Well, they'll be lucky to win like four games because their, their defense is just dismantled with them losing uh, Jamal Adams. Le'Veon Bell is just a shell of himself. Uh, who else we got? Uh, they lost their one of their big wide receivers. I forgot what team he went to. Uh, Robbie Anderson and uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't, if he can avoid um, getting mono again, I, I just see him running for his life. <laughs> so it's, I don't think that the Jets offense or maybe even the defense, I don't think that the team in general can compete with a team like the Bills. The Bills are just, they're just stacked and the Dolphins are starting to get stacked, but the Dolphins still have to find their way on how to, um, how to get, how to get their ball rolling. Because uh, it still remains to be seen who's going to start in Miami. Is it going to be uh, Fitzpatrick? I want to say Josh Allen, but I don't even know if Josh Allen is still with the with the damn Dolphins. Or they decide to go with the hot hand new guy in uh, Tua... Tua... I can't pronounce his last name. Tua Gavola? I don't know if I said that right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Vic Beasley returns or reports to Titans camp. He had an unexcused absence... But he showed up uh, today, today being Friday, August 7th, 2020. And I, I totally forgot. I thought he was still with the Falcons. The Titans, uh, they're, they're another team that got hurt really bad defensively. Uh, they lost Logan Ryan. They lost uh, J- uh, Jarrell Casey. So the, that Titans defense, is they're going to be struggling a little bit, if not even more, especially since the Titans decided to spend most of their, their cap space uh, renewing the contracts of the big Herculean guy known as Derrick Henry, and I believe one of their offensive tackles, I think, got a big chunk of change, if I'm not mistaken, and so did uh, Ryan Tannehill, who was just one game away from a, uh, a Super Bowl, and that's crazy. 
when you think about it. So it'll be interesting to see if what the Titans did on spending all their money offensively rather than defensively uh, pays out. But to be honest with you, if you don't have that kind of the, the replacement for the guy you gave up and you're just experimenting, I, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. You know, it, it doesn't matter how great Derrick Henry and, and Ryan Tannehill can be because whenever the Titans give up the ball or have to punt, that defense can't get it back for them at all because you don't the cornerbacks get burned or what have you, then the Titans are, they'll be lucky to be a walk-hard team. And it'll just be uh, a giant waste. And let's see, what else do we have? Robert Woods. He's looking for a new contract in LA and he's hoping to get paid. Uh, he had two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. But I don't think that the Rams are going to shell out a lot of money, especially since they are going to have to worry pretty soon about uh, that big Jalen Ramsey contract, which I don't know if they have to pay out after this season or the next season, but that contract is coming. So if if I were the Rams, I, I don't see them spending big. Now, if it were Cooper Cup, I think that I think that the Rams would spend more money on a guy like Cup rather than Robert Woods, because I just I, I don't think that Robert Woods is really worth that big number one wide receiver money. I mean, he did have a couple of highlights uh, last year and the year before that, but you know, Cooper Cup was he he's the star, and him and uh, Jared Goff have a pretty good connection. And now that uh, uh, Wade Phillips is gone as defensive coordinator out of the Rams, and I believe they hired Brandon Brandon Stanley, I think his last name is. I think is I think that's his name. I'm not sure. He was the former he was the former uh, de- on the for- on the uh, defensive staff for Denver last year. I know that. I don't know what it was, what position he played or what he had in the main office, but I remember. Uh, that's who the Rams went with. So the Rams look to be trying to uh, create like a young, like a younger design defensive scheme, I should say, instead of whatever Wade Phillips was doing. And uh, maybe they got tired of it. Maybe it wasn't working. And maybe they're trying to come up just like when uh, uh, when they hired the, their their coach, and he came in and he just change the Rams and turn them into a, a Super Bowl contender because they, they were that good. So the Rams pretty much, uh, well, let's, let's talk about their division since we're talking about the NFC uh, West. We have the, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Niners. 49ers are coming off of a Super Bowl loss, so th- they're going to be hungry to go back. Uh, the Seahawks, Seahawks are just, they're kind of like the Falcons. They, Russell Wilson, even though most of the time he's running for his life and his offensive line can't keep him safe for shit, he sometimes pulls these fucking passes out of his ass and, you know, he makes touchdowns and whatever. But if I had to guess, I would probably say that that division is going to come down to either San Francisco or Arizona and maybe Seattle. Seattle, Arizona for second. 
And the reason I say that is because uh, San Francisco, like I said, when you're hungry to go back to the Super Bowl, you have more you have more of a drive. Even though the Niners lost some key players offensively and defensively, I think it was too. So whatever uh, uh, whatever plugs and holes or changes uh, Kyle Shanahan did down there, uh, they they should be working fine to try to keep uh, uh, the quarterback healthy and clean. So I think I think that the Niners will probably take that division again. Uh, the Arizona they have a lot of good offensive weapons on paper, you know. The defense, who's run by our former head coach, Vance Joseph, still leaves a lot to be desired. I don't think the Arizona defense is going to be a huge improvement, aside from uh, Chandler Jones. So, but Arizona can, on those lucky plays that the defense can get a turnover, Arizona looks like they have the chops to get back into uh, a game if they're down, or... Uh, keep a lead for a win uh, so it might come down to uh, Seattle and, and Arizona for maybe a wild card spot uh, like I said Seattle they made improvements on their what was it their defense I think so I forgot who they they shelled out a lot of money for defensively and it's like okay well I guess the O-line can still suffer and be shit um and just have Russell Wilson, you know, scrambling and running and trying to make all these Houdini Houdini plays. And hopefully that works out for them. But I, I honestly don't I honestly don't think so. There's gonna come a, a point where uh, Pete Carroll, I think Pete Carroll is starting to lose his his I don't know if you want to say magic. He's probably just starting to lose his Whatever intensity he brought, it's starting to fade because it's not working anymore. You know, the Legion of Boom is gone. You know, Russell Wilson is a future Hall of Famer for sure, but defenses are starting to figure him out. And even though he's got, even though he's had some miraculous plays, the the Seahawks just don't have what it takes to not let alone make it to a, a, a playoff playoff round. Which they have, but when they have been to the playoffs a couple times, they haven't been able to win. And I think that if Pete Carroll doesn't get them anywhere close to a Super Bowl win, either this year or maybe even next year, whenever his contract's up, Seattle might end up looking looking elsewhere for, for a head coach. And let's see, what else do we have? And I think that's pretty much it. Uh... Yeah. Well, we talked about Jadavius White. After much consideration, he does not opt out of 2020, so he will play in his cornerback position for the Bills, which is, I'm pretty sure, great news for Bills fans. And that's pretty much pretty much it. I mean, there's this thing about Brandon Scherf wanting to play his entire career with Washington. Is great and everything, but <laughs> he might end up like um, Joe Thomas, you know, spend all those years with Cleveland and didn't win a fucking ring. So it, it sucks. And uh, before we go, you know, we were talking about the Seahawks. The Seahawks are interested in 
uh, Griffin, Matthews, and they moved on from uh, Clowney. So Jadavian Clowney's price is too steep for Seattle, but Seattle might turn around and pick up either Clay Matthews or Everson Griffin. So, I mean, I, I get it that Seattle wants to improve their defense, but for the love of God, they need a better offensive line to protect Russell Wilson. Because, the, the, like I said, the, the Legion of Boom, they're a shell of their former self, and they're trying to be something that they used to be, then they're not, and they're not really working around revamping it. Although the addition of uh, Jamal Adams, it's it's a great, great addition, but it remains to be seen if he fits into the defensive scheme that's run in Seattle. So even though Jamal Adams was a big fish and uh, with the Jets, he could come into Seattle and maybe he doesn't play to their play to their strength and he bombs and he sucks and then they spent. That uh, contract, which let's talk about that for a second. The Seattle super overpaid for that damn uh, trade, and the Jets they they got a steal out of that one. <laughs> so the whenever you, during the season, if you see Jamal Adams get uh, blown in coverage, or if he gets hurt, or if the Seahawks don't even make the playoffs, you, people are just gonna sit back and laugh, and the Jets are just gonna sit there, you know. Licking, licking their their fingers and clapping and like, hey, you gotta enjoy these uh, first round picks, and so it's gonna be pretty good for them. <laughs> Truth be told. So that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to what I had to say about our Broncos and for the news that we shared around the NFL. If there's anything you guys uh, want to talk to me directly about, you can reach me at uh, this email address. Uh, broncostalk2020 at gmail.com I'd love to hear your ideas, suggestions, comments Uh, you can reach me there directly and I usually reply back with with my thanks and what have not Uh, also if you are a listener and you want to support the the podcast there should be a button there where you can be a monthly uh, supporter I really do appreciate it if you decide to do so and if you are financially able to so with that Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope to have, I know I talked about this before at the end of the last episode, I hope to have uh, a guest on pretty soon, whether it's my brother or there's this other guy that I've been talking to, uh, just trying to figure out how to do uh, double, how to record two people at once, because I'm I'm actually testing out something different. I'm actually recording from my phone, so uh, rather, because I want to see if you guys and the audio sounds better over the phone than it does with the microphone that I bought. So if you can also let me know, you want to let me know how the audio is, if it sounds better, if you can hear me better, if it sounds clearer, or if it sounds worse, I'd love to hear the feedback. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. Have a good night. Have a good day wherever you're listening to. And so long, listeners and citizens of Broncos country.